You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to the Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. So the focus of today's podcast is all about leadership, and I'm so excited to have a very special guest with me, Dr. Betty, your eBay. Let me tell you about her. She is an internationally renowned bilingual and bicultural speaker and author. She's recognized for her expertise in value-based leadership. She is currently the Executive Vice President of California Bank and Trust of Greater Southern California Division, and she has P&L responsibility for commercial, business, and personal banking. It wasn't always this way. Dr. Betty arrived in the U.S. from Columbia, at the young age of 12, and she didn't speak any English. Her first job was cleaning houses to help support her family. How did she go from that point to today? We'll find out in today's podcast. Welcome, Dr. Betty. Thanks for being here. What else would you like to add to that introduction? Thank you so much, Nancy. Uh, I have a passion for making a difference, and leadership is uh, something that is really embedded into the fiber of my being. I, I think that uh, when you're a really good leader, you, uh, you actually create results. I'm very excited about the book that's coming up. I have a book that's called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. I'm very excited to be reading uh, the book at one of the inaugurational galas in D.C. on Wednesday. So very exciting. Well, congratulations on your book. Let's jump right into that and talk about that. So we chatted briefly before this call, and you said you're going to be doing quite a bunch of stuff with the new president and the Vatican. Can you share some of that with the listeners? Absolutely. I plan to, we're going to be unveiling the book at an inaugurational gala on Wednesday. And uh, then I'm going to be doing, I've donated 50 books to be able to give to them. The idea of the book is to inject values back into leadership at the highest levels so that we can create a social epidemic on values. So I've gone as high as I possibly can. So that's at the inaugurational gala. And then the White House will have 50 books on Saturday to be given to uh, heads of state who come to visit the president. Next week I'm going flying to the Vatican who wrote uh, – they, they did a, quite an endorsement. I was very uh, humbled, a page and a half endorsement from Monsignor Giacomo Papalardo from the Vatican – so I'm going to go visit with him, and, and, and it's a gratitude uh, trip where I'm going to be gifting a couple of books for the Monsignor and for the Pope. Very exciting times, I, I, times where uh, leadership uh, and leaders all around the globe really get to really take a look at how we lead and how we, how we create bottom line results and, um, and, and do it with integrity and with values. That's really cool. So what is value-based leadership? I think people know what leadership is. They probably know what values are, but putting it together, can you explain what that is? Absolutely. 
So Nancy, if you think about values and you think about leadership, they, they kind of go hand in hand, but, but my definition of values-based leadership is kind of a four-prong approach. Leaders whose values are congruent with their espoused values, that's the first one. So meaning that if they say their values are a certain way, then their actions should follow. For example, if I say that it's most important to me to have a cohesive team so that my productivity goes up, and yet I don't make the effort to create a cohesive team, I allow people to talk about each other or, or things like that in a team, then that, that doesn't, that, that's not congruent. So that's the first piece, being congruent with your values. The second is leading with integrity. And for me, integrity begins with myself, right? Am I being integrous with the values that I know, the things that are important to me? For example, for me, my values are God, family, job, education, health, and community. So if you take a look at the order of those, my family comes before my job. And so what I tell my people is, if you're sick, I want you to be home and take care of yourself. If you're on a vacation, I don't want you calling in. I want to make sure that you are 100% with your family so that when you're with me, you're 100% with me. That's the integrity piece, right? So leading with integrity. The third part is focusing on the good of the whole. How many leaders really focus on, say I take over a company, I do turnarounds in banks. And so say I, I do a turnaround, and I only focus on increasing the profitability and not creating it sustainably, then I'm just going to go for the cheapest, the fastest, the quickest, so that my stock can go up and I can sell the company quickly. Instead, if I focus on the good of the whole, then I'm going to care about my employees. I'm going to make care about my customers. Everything I do is going to be focusing on the good of the whole. That's the third piece. And then the last piece is making a positive impact in others. It's really thinking and leading with a higher purpose. Every leader I interviewed from the White House, from the Pentagon, and CEOs and organizations for my book, every one of them had a common thread of leading with a higher purpose. For example, there was Admiral Raquel Bono, who is in charge of the health care for the United States in all of the military. She was operating, uh, she was asked to operate in the middle of missiles, in the middle of war early in her career. And uh, the first instinct was, I don't want to operate. I'm in the middle of war. There's missiles going all over. And she caught herself and she said, wait a minute, I joined the military so that I could save lives. And she went forward and she started to save this person's life. That is making a positive impact in others and leading with a higher purpose. That's my definition of values-based leader. I love that. So my values are simplicity, perseverance, decisiveness, and playfulness. How do, and there's so many values in the world, is there something in your book about what are the right values or how do you personalize that based on each individual? There's a test that I have in my book that I had everybody take, and there's different types of values. There, is a ter there are terminal values and instrumental values, and these are uh, the terminal values are those values that you have at the end of your life, and the instrumental values are the values you use along your your leadership journey. The top instrumental values that my subjects came up with were family, health, spirituality, wisdom, and freedom. The top instrumental values were integrity, courage, responsible, helpful, and loving. One of the common threats 
amongst all of the people I, I interviewed were that they were all learners, they were all humble, and they were all willing to listen. <clears throat> Excuse me, willing to listen. So if you think about your own values, there's a test in, my, in, my, in a listing of all of the values in my book, and you just kind of organize them in order of values, in order of important to you. And, and <clears throat> so you really figure out what is most important to you, and you have that kind of at the center of all of your decisions you make as a leader as well as in your own family life. I like that. That's really good advice. I didn't know there was two types, instrumental and what was the last one, terminal? And terminal, yes. Terminal values at the end of your life when you're facing death. Uh, my brother Fernando has a terminal illness. He's in terminal cancer, and I actually dedicated the book to him because we're raising funds with the book for scholarships because of him. And uh, so he and I are having conversations right now because he's facing death, right? So he's talking about family. He's talking about spirituality, wisdom, a lot of wisdom, um, health and freedom. So those are the things that you think about when you're facing death. And when you think about what are the values that you lead with as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a small business owner, what are the people thinking about and what is there were studies that were done uh, uh Kuzis and Posner did a study and they they studied 75,000 people around the world and the number one thing that, that employees were looking for in their employers was integrity so integrity came first courage came second it takes courage to do the right thing and to stay within your values being responsible being helpful being loving those are the things that that you think about when you're in your leadership journey. But that's just the commonality amongst the people I studied. The, the, your listeners could totally take the test and then figure out what are your values, what's your value system, and then align your company and align your own self around those values so that every decision they make is aligned with those values. That alone creates trust makes the employees trust you, makes your customers trust you, makes your community trust you, and makes your productivity go completely up. That is so true. The reason values, I like values, because it doesn't, whenever you get stuck and you're faced with a decision, the values keep you grounded. If you just go back yes. to the values, it, it like guides the way, and it should take all the indecision out of it. Do you agree with that? Oh my gosh, Nancy, I'm so happy to hear you say that. We absolutely think the same way. I have a values-based decision model that I came up with in my Chapter 9 in my book, and it's exactly that. The first thing you should do when you have a decision, whether you're going to have a baby or, having an, or, or, or getting married or buying a new company or expanding your company or even hiring an employee, Get grounded in your values. Understand what their value system is. And if their values are not the same as your company values and your core values, then I don't care how good they are. Don't hire them. Make it easy on yourself. So absolutely. That is awesome. So where can people find your book? People can find my book on Amazon, on uh, uh, Barnes & Noble, also on my website, drbettyuribe.com, um, and it's easy to find it. Um, if anybody wants to get LinkedIn with me on LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so it's easy to find me as well. 
Thank you for asking. Absolutely. So I know your full-time job is a commitment to the bank, and you've done some great turnarounds. Do you know what's next for you? Uh, staying the course, we've done a fantastic. I've got. I'm so blessed to have an incredible group of people who are values-based leaders, and we've finished a turnaround, and now we're starting to. We've broken. Uh, every single goal, every single metric this year. And um, and so I think from a business standpoint, I'm very happy where I am. Uh, it's a it's a values-based company. Harris Simmons, the chairman of the board, is actually on my, in my book. I, I, I interviewed him to be in my book, as, as is our CEO from California Bank and Trust. And so um, I, I feel like I'm in a really good place, and the company has been very supportive in in the launch of my book. And so um, I'm, I'm very, very happy where I am. I think what's next is continuing to infiltrate values and inject values around the globe. I, my hope is to raise 100 scholarships in each continent. We started in Kenya, and we're getting ready to – I actually have a meeting tomorrow morning with a couple of people with hopes to bring some scholarships here to Southern California. And, um, and so the idea is really to have this book – be the conduit to pay forward the 500 scholarship that my brother Fernando gave me many years ago when I didn't have anything. And so that's really what's really driving, what's driving my passion for getting this book around the globe is to raise funds and to inject values back into leadership at the highest levels around the globe. That is just incredible. So it sounds like we talked a little bit. We hinted about you came here at 12, didn't have any English skills. Was your brother a big influence to get you where you are today? Big influence. Uh, He was an engineer up in Northern California, and I was going through a really bad divorce. I had nothing, nothing, just the the clothes on my back. And he quit his job up in Northern California and uh, came to Southern California and got an apartment so I would have a place to live. I really wanted to go back to school, and he gave me the $500 that it took for me to get back into school. And he said to me, he said, Betty, and in the dedication in the book, I talk about how he, he said, I want you to go and um, grow tentacles. And he said, you're a smart girl. You could do anything you want and grow tentacles, and go around the world and make a difference in this world. I know you can do it, but you have to get yourself an education first. And so education is, in in my mind, the differentiator. Uh, Today, my brother is facing terminal cancer. And um, what's really exciting is that I get to leave this legacy in his name and in my name. And the kids that... uh, the kids that receive the scholarship, Nancy, will have to pay it forward themselves in order to receive the scholarship. So it's going to be a legacy for perpetuity. So I'm very, very excited about that. Yes. So exciting. That's just amazing. So let me ask you our signature question. Dr. Betty, if you had one more hour of your day, how would you spend it? If I had one more hour of my day, I would record a video. Uh, of the biggest findings I've had in talking to the people that I've been able to interview. Um, And then I would gather my children and my family members, and I would uh, just spend quality time with them. 
and I would pray with them. I would laugh with them. I would dance with them. I would sing with them. We would blast the Latin music, and we would dance all around the house, and we would just gather in gratitude for the time that God has given me on this earth to be able to make an impact in others. And I would pass the baton to them formally, and I would say, this is the torch that I'm now passing to you. Now you get to continue this legacy and continue to make the difference. I think that would be a good use of my last hour. Wow, you com- you really uh, packed that hour <laughs> with a lot of stuff. That's awesome. I think that's a yes. great answer. Thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else that you want to add um, to this call that I didn't think to ask you? I, I want to uh, make sure that your audience understands that uh, the book that I wrote is not just for high-level leaders. It's for anyone who wants to lead people. The way I wrote it is the way that I would want to. I've been reading so many books, and I put some things that are different in there. Um, the, the protagonist of the books are always the ones that are written about, you know, the people that you write about. I have a chapter that's called uh, We Don't Do This Alone, and that's um, because I really realized that I don't do this alone. I have my family that supports me. So I interviewed some of the family members of the leaders and some of the number two people of some of the CEOs, and there's some wisdom there. Each chapter is done separately so people can actually pick a topic and read the chapter, and it's got provocative questions at the end, so it can be used as a study guide for different topics. I want to make sure that that this book is not looked as, um, you know, it can be used in academia, it can be used in, in, you know, for book clubs in business or for book clubs, women clubs, you name it. Um, but but it can just be a, a back a backbone for leadership as people either go to school or raise themselves up to be leaders. Um, there's a, there are a lot of stories about how I've been able to turn around some some very difficult teams and and a lot of stories within within the the folks at the end of the day it's about our purpose at the end of the day it's about what is our higher purpose and how are we fulfilling our higher purpose through the work that we do and so um i i would just say that um that would be the only thing that we didn't cover is just use it, take it, write all over it, uh, answer the questions after every chapter, really ponder upon the questions. I thought very deeply about the questions I was asking to make sure that the reader would really have a transformative experience as they read and studied each chapter. That's great. I, I didn't realize that either. So this is for everybody who wants to be just a better a better leader, and leave a legacy. So that's awesome. Dr. Betty, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show today. It's been fun, and I learned a lot of new things myself, which is always good. Listeners, my new report, The Top 5 Systems That Create Massive Productivity in Your Business, is available on my website. Go to nancygaines.com to download it now. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. 
Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.